Three. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's five minutes past four. Welcome to Thursday morning. This week is racing through. This week is absolutely racing. I can't. I should have posted some Christmas cards the other day. And then I thought, you know, I don't think they're going to get there on time. I think it'd be easy if I hand deliver. Even though in our competition which we're running every day on the programme, you know that I'm guaranteeing Christmas delivery. I'm guaranteeing delivery, and especially of, of today's prize, which I'll tell you about very, very shortly. Uh, so I was going to do these cards. I thought, oh, I can't be bothered. I do a couple of, uh, for people at work. I don't, I don't do many cards. I used to send loads of cards to people at work. Now it tends to be just the people you work with, and occasionally, because uh, I got one yesterday from, from one of my part-time producers which was quite sweet. I quite like that idea. And so she sent me a card. But, of course, as, you know, most people, they just sign a card, you know, to Duncan, all the best, Steve, here's to another year, blah, blah, blah. And you just do that. Brooke writes almost a missive. You know, I, I get sort of practically the epiphany coming out in this card, which is quite nice. I quite like that. I quite like that. Ronnie Biggs dies. Thank God for that. Not uh, not overdue. A nasty little thug to the very end, Geoffrey Wonsall says, writing in the Daily Mail today. Because you all know the story of it. It's so it's funny, isn't it? How how some people saw Ronnie Biggs. I just saw him as a as a sad old pathetic, and there he was. And he was in because he he, he ran away. He absconded, and he um, he sort of disappeared. And then he appeared in the film The Great was it The Great Rock and Roll Swindle with the Sex Pistols, and he was sticking two fingers up to the law. And then I think he had a child with a woman. I'm trying to trying to do it from memory. A child uh, who's who's the one who sort of campaigned for him. He's now sort of an adult. And anyway, then he falls ill after years and years and years. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know, really. I mean, he, he sort of he sort of went there. And he disappeared, and then he had to come back to this country. The reason he came back, that's right, because he couldn't get the medical attention. So he came back here to give himself up. Of course, they promptly put him back into prison again, because he should carry on serving his sentence. You know, he was a, he was a pathetic little old, old roustabout anyway. So he then is in prison, and then, after a very short while, they go, oh, he's literally on his last legs. He's literally, he's got minutes to live. And so on compassionate grounds... The government, I mean, what sort of deal was done there, I have no idea, um, said, uh, oh, right, we'll actually release him because everybody was saying, no, don't worry, he's not going to live for very long. He's, he's really going to kick the bucket, you know, within a... It, I mean, it was almost... It, it came down to an hourly basis, and we're thinking, oh, right, so they're going to let him out of prison and he's going to die peacefully. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, he carried on causing mayhem at the, the home where he was. We're paying for him. We're paying for this old crook. And I think the last time we saw him, there was some other old gangster's funeral in the East End, and Ronnie Biggs was there. And obviously somebody said, oh, look, the cameras are taking a picture of you. So he stuck two fingers up. And it was just a bit sad and pathetic. You looked at him and you thought, do you know, even at the very best of your so-called career, you were still crap. Poor old soul. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, what else do we have in the papers today? Oh, we had uh, Prince Harry. Heading home for Christmas. He's kind of been overshadowed, hasn't he? Poor old Prince Harry has been overshadowed. And uh, is obviously not not getting the, the kind of coverage that they thought he was going to be getting. Uh, and then you've got... Uh, oh, dear. Uh, you've got the, uh, the pervert rock star. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't think you can ever comment on a thing like that. As the judge said, it sort of plums new depths of depravity. 35 years in jail for the lost prophet paedophile Ian Watkins after a court heard he dismissed his sickening crimes as mega... Mega... Was it mega laws? Mega lols. I mean, I can't... I mean, to be honest with you, I just don't expect him to live inside prison very long. Oh, seriously, I don't know how. I don't even know how you go to that level of depravity. I'm, I'm not even sure. It's, I think it's falls off, fallen off the scale, hasn't it? That one. I'm absolutely thinking it's fallen off the scale. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Interesting hearing everybody talking about their car insurance. I said yesterday, my car insurance has come down. I'm about six hundred and fifty quid a year, fully comp, fully comp, which I think is amazing. Seeing as my poor old goddaughter at the age of eighteen. With her first car out of the road, it's about something like £2,700 for the insurance. The car's not even worth that much. Not even worth that much. Uh, on the subject of uh, new pants, which we did yesterday, Howard says, uh, save money, go commando. I don't really think so. I don't think that's a very good idea at all. <laughs> I decided that definitely wasn't a good idea. I, I know some people say that they, they can. Oh, it's Bridget's birthday. So a very happy birthday, Bridget. We met many, many, many moons ago at Hornchurch, says Noreen. Five or six years. And a bit of useless information. We were both born in the same hospital in Bishop Stortford. Weather horrendous. Hope every listener is safe. I heard up north, some people are without electricity. Yes, well, Duncan said, what was it like out there? I said, it was fine. Didn't have any, any problems driving in at all. It was absolutely plain sailing. Plain sailing all the way through. But I do realise in certain parts of the country, they've had no electricity. They've had power cuts. Power lines are down. Whatever it is, it's, it's not exactly the best start. And they've said that there's more on the way. M- wild weather, they call it, on the front of the Express. But the Express always talking about uh, the wild weather. They go, ooh, we've got wild weather on the way. And uh, they say it'll last until the new year. So I was looking through the uh, metro on the train going home. I had to, I ripped something out. I can't remember why I ripped it out. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was after the story that we brought you on LBC about the chef who was working in a pub. He'd only been there since October. He was a bit part-time and a bit lame. And uh, he wanted Christmas off. And they said, well, you can't. We're absolutely chocolate. We're rammed. It's Christmas. So when people come out, this is our busiest. And he said, well, I'm not working Christmas Day. And they went, well, you'll have to work Christmas Day. You know, that's what you're paid to do. So anyway, in the end, he left and then wrote about it on a website saying, you know, they, they fired the chef. I thought he was a particularly pathetic person. You know, because everybody knows, and luckily you all are in total agreement with me, that everybody knows that if you're in the catering industry, if you work in a pub, uh, if you work, uh, I was going to say in television, but 90% of television programmes, barring the news, are all pre-recorded. Somebody just sits there and pushes a button. But there's got to be people who work over Christmas. There'll be people working here over Christmas. That's what they do. They're in radio. And the management are always very good. And they say, well, listen, who wants to work and who doesn't want to work? And they try and accommodate people. They, they will you know, say, well, sometimes it's difficult. You know, if, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody falls ill, then somebody else will have to come in and help out. And that's what you do. That's what the business is. You know, all right, it might be a little bit inconvenient. I'm working Christmas Day morning. But I don't look as that as any hardship at all. I'm finished by 10. I'll be home by half past 10 in the car, down for, for Christmas lunch with, with the family. So I've already done my, my work for the day, so that's OK. Some people work later on in the day. Some people would be driving buses. Some people would be driving tubes. Either way, 
People know that over Christmas you're expected to go the extra mile. You're expected to go the extra mile and to help out. So I was horrified to read a letter in the in the Metro. I'm totally convinced some of these letters must be made up. You know, I would like to thank the bus driver who ran over my foot the other day. But here, here's one from somebody called Shelley Naylor. Shelley Naylor wrote to them and says, I'm married to a chef and his work hours are horrible, especially at this time of year. We have three young children who didn't spend any time with their dad who haven't spent any time with their dad since November. He's working 14 hours on Christmas Eve, 12 on Christmas Day and 14 on Boxing Day. People don't think about this when they book meals on Christmas Day. The result is that staff are worked to the bone, you stupid woman. You stupid... Well, if he's a chef, darling, why don't you go and get him to do something else? Why don't you get him to go and clean drains? You know, oh, tough for you. He's not seen the children since November. Well, it's your own fault, isn't it? Get him out of the business. Dreary old moaner. Honestly, nothing worse than an old whinger, is there? I don't know where she lives. But he's working 14 hours on Christmas Eve. Oh, poor little diddums. His little fingers must be worked to the bone. 14 hours. 12 on Christmas Day. Oh, diddums. How he copes. And 14 on Boxing Day. Oh, my God. It's just terrible, Shelley, isn't it? You poor old naffo. People don't think about this when they book a meal on Christmas Day. I couldn't give a stuff, darling. Couldn't give a stuff about Christmas Day. And, you know, and who's cooking it? If they don't want to be there, bugger up and go and get another job. Sitting there mo- What a... Dr- I tell you, I'd love to find out where he's working Christmas Day. I'd be standing in a kitchen throwing sprouts at him. I can't believe people complain about that. You know, my husband's a chef and he's not seen the children since November. Well, get another job, you dreary. God, I bet she's made up, actually. Somebody like that, that you know, they go, oh, he's having to work Christmas... E-. We're all having... I'm working Christmas Eve. I'm working Christmas Day. You want to see what I'm having to put up with round here on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve? I mean, God, you know, look at it. I mean, really. It's worn out already. He, w- he won't be getting home any time soon to sit under his tree and open that one little present that Father Christmas has dropped down for him. He'll be having to go... He can't go and see his parents because he's got to be here. It's not easy. Trying to get on in the world of radio, is it? So, uh, uh, does he want to be here? Of course he does, because I'm working. You know, but that's how it works. If you don't want to do it, get out of the business. Go do something. Nothing worse than whinging up. Oh, my husband's a chef. I ain't seen the kids since November. We shouldn't have had him in the first place then, should you? You know, quite clearly, he must be as dumb as they come, because knowing that he's a chef and knowing the hours, this can't be the first Christmas he's worked these hours, love. Dear God in heaven, you so, I so want to find out where he works. I so want to find out. Do you think all the chefs in the top London hotel go, oh, it's dreadful, it's Christmas Day, we don't want to be working. People love working Christmas. They love it. Absolutely love it to pieces. Dreary old people like poor old Shelley Naylor. Oh, dear, honestly, you just give up, don't you, I'm afraid. You really just give up. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I've got a competition for you today, and... I think it's actually quite a nice little prize. I think it's actually quite a nice little prize. Well, I didn't know what it was to start with. I've checked it out. Now I know what it is. I'm very happy with it. Uh, all the papers talking about uh, Ronnie Biggs dead. Good. Good. And, you know, end of story. He was, he was from a different time. Uh, the man was an old lag. He was a failure. I mean, I think you, the funny thing is, is that they always go, oh, he was, he was on the great train robbers. You think, yeah, a failure. A failure. What they did, he was the one, Ronnie Biggs was the one, who left his fingerprints all over the tomato ketchup bottle. Didn't take them long to find him, did it? Pratt, honestly. These stupid people. Oh, good Lord above. They are something nice in here for some of the boys. Mylene Class modelling her underwear. That's what people do. Mylene Class is, uh, yeah, it's, 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 you know, if you like, stockings and suspenders, apparently, do regret. I never quite understand why stockings and suspenders are very appealing to people. You know, I don't, it's, it's like, uh, they say, get... Get your loved one's stockings and suspenders. Not my auntie Enid. 
really. I mean, she's 87, for God's sake. Look ridiculous on her. And throw away big pants. Now, you remember the other day, I did buy pants. Big pants. And, do you know, I quite like... I took them off this morning. And I thought, do you know, I quite like these now. I might go and buy some more later on today. Push the boat out a bit. Yesterday, it was champagne. I went to buy some champagne. I found a really good offer, actually, of champagne um, on um, Dom Perignon. I mean, I don't, I don't drink it. I give it away as a, as a gift. I don't, I don't drink the stuff. I have done. I like a bottle of Prosecco. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. If that's nicely chilled and you get a really good bottle, well, that says volumes. I like anything like that. So this morning I've got truffles. Harrods truffles. They're very nice. James has had one of those already. But then earlier on he did have McDonald's. Rest of them apparently had. Duncan's really leading these people into really bad ways. The Kentucky Fried Chicken, something called a boner box. No, I don't know what that was. Quarter past four. Morning, every, everybody. Morning, every. Morning, everybody. I'm cutting the ends off words now. Uh, tomorrow, today, Nick Ferrari. It's Nick Clegg. Oh, so much to ask him about. So, what if somebody asked about Ronnie Biggs? What do you think his legacy was? Sad old man, dead. Nick will be taking his seat for the last call Clegg of the year, although I believe there is a special going out. Plus, the business secretary, Vince Cable, will be telling Nick why they won't be banning zero hours contracts. And should criminals be allowed a right to family life? Odd question. Uh, Lord Ian Blair, former Met Police Commissioner, will be in the studio looking through the, the papiers for today. Somebody says, I'm only 18 and at uni. I only get to go home for two days at Christmas and I'm not complaining. It's part of life. It's absolutely... I mean, oh, these dreary old people. I say, anybody complains in this business, oh, I'm going to work over Christmas, get out. Get out immediately. Not for you. One here says, Steve, I'm working on Christmas Day. I'm with the NHS. So when I get home, it'll be Christmas dinner for one. But that's the way it goes. Love it. I agree. I think there's something lovely about working at Christmas. I love it. The roads are empty. You can come in here. We'll have minced pies and, you know, probably give each other one, you know, presents and stuff like that. It'll be, you know, that's what it is. You're, you're part of a select little band if you work over the Christmas season. People love it. People, I don't understand anybody who ever complains. Steve Ross and Ken, they're on, uh, on their way to work at Gatwick. You're not complaining, are you? <laughs> the woman moaning about her chef husband. He obviously works in McDonald's. Yes, I suppose that would account for the... Ad. I love it. He's a chef. What does he do? Uh, flips burgers in McDonald's. Doesn't quite sound the same, does it? Doesn't quite... I've never seen them actually cooking burgers in McDonald's. I'm sure they do. I just don't... I mean, have you ever seen anybody with a hot plate cooking burgers in McDonald's? I haven't. Burger King, they're all cooked and then... Because they, they say they're flame grilled. I've never seen any flames coming out the back of a Burger King. We had to get somebody to explain this to a while ago. The eggs are real eggs. They're not powdered eggs in McDonald's. But where do they cook the burgers? See, I'd, I'd, the, the one at Waterloo is so tiny, I'd, I'd, there's not enough room to actually cook burgers. But they must do them somewhere, mustn't they? And then they've got the all-sausage things in the morning for the double sausage and egg McMuffin. And the big... Is, is that cooked outside and then brought... I don't know how it works. Love to find out. Somebody who works there can tell us. I know there's people who, who work down at Waterloo who listen to this programme. Thank goodness. Uh, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? There's a, oh, I'm trying to find a story that's repeatable in the paper today. Oh, save our vanishing birds. Turtle doves, apparently, are in, are in decline. So, in other words, you can get the, the drummers drumming. That's actually not, not too difficult. You get the pipers piping. The lords are leaping, mainly in and out in about 20 minutes. So they claim they're 300 quid a day. The ladies dancing, easy to get. Maids are milking. Uh, apparently we, 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 don't, we don't call them maids anymore, not allowed to. Seven swans are swimming, that's easy to get. Geese are laying, yeah. Uh, the five gold rings, easy. The four calling birds, 
Shocking decline of countryside birds. That's why you don't hear so much. Probably out in the country you'll be hearing bird song. We don't get very much in town at all. Three French hens. This year when shoppers learnt that supermarket chickens are pumped with 20% water to bulk of Even the French ones, I'm afraid. Uh, the two turtle doves, very rare. Very rare to give somebody now. It's, it's absolutely, you know, not, not easy. An RSPB survey, I think recently, found uh, that they were... In Suffolk, Kent, Essex and Cambridgeshire. But uh, most of them head for Norfolk. I don't even know what they are. I think they're just doves that coo, don't they? Something like that. And the partridge in a pear tree is Alan Partridge, Steve Coogan. So you can get him and you can check out his latest films. Because he's got two films out at the moment. Uh, What have we got here? Carbash Mets sued. Oh, this is interesting. A police force is being sued for £50,000 after officers were filmed attacking a suspect's car with baseball bats. Oh, dear. Um, Jonathan Billinghurst, 26, claims the plainclothes cops behaved like muggers as he was arrested. Six were reprimanded for using excessive force, but all kept their jobs, as indeed they should. The Met Police said the officers smashed the windows of the Mini to stop the suspect driving off in Tottenham. Billinghurst later jailed for two months for driving offences and handling stolen goods. Says he did not resist arrest and he wants compensation. Go away. I do do get so bored with people who claim compensation. (laughs) Uh, Evander Holyfield. Mean anything to anybody? Probably not. A boxer. And uh, they say he could be going in to Celebrity Big Brother. I've got no idea why. No idea why. He had part of his ear bitten off by Mike Tyson, and that apparently is his best claim to fame. I don't know. Is anybody remotely interested in some deadbeat boxer? No, shouldn't think so. Interestingly enough, I turned on the television the other day, and it was a come dine with me. I do like come dine with me, except this one had that ghastly rav, rav somebody on there. I used to go out with Chantel or Chanel. One of the, we went out with somebody. Horrible person. Don't like him. And, uh, and then that blasted Rebecca Addington turned up again. Well, you stay in more, love. We've had enough of your dreariness. And I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Now we have to put up with you on that uh, on that program as well. Who's that? Chris Tarrant. In the papers, it's such an old one. He's revealed one of the reasons he's bowing out of who wants to be a millionaire. Contestants are no longer taking risks. No, that I mean, well, they don't nowadays. Because and I've I've always said to somebody, you shouldn't. You shouldn't really take risks. If you're on a, on a, on a quiz programme on the television, and the classic one is Deal or No Deal with uh, Noel Edmonds, where, where somebody goes on there and they go, right, the banker's now prepared to offer you £26,000. And you sit, and they've got 250000 up there, 100000 blah, blah, blah. And they think, 26000 Thank you, Mr Banker, but no deal. And I'm thinking, where else are you going to earn twenty-six grand for doing an hour's work in one day? And, of course, most of them, 90% of the people take the gamble, and they lose. And it comes, and you can see them thinking, I had £26,000 at one point, £26,000, and I've thrown it all away. I'm always saying, if anything over five grand, I mean, obviously not at the beginning, because you're prepared to just give it a little bit more, but then just take the money. And, and exactly the same for Chris Tarrant. He told us on the programme, if you remember, he was, he was talking about people not taking risks anymore. They, they sort of see it. And they're also, the, the contestants on, on quiz shows, they're not as bright as they used to be. They used to be fairly bright years ago. The eggheads are fairly bright, but you just want to drown them all in the same barrel of molasses because they're so clever. They're so smug. Although the other day, actually, one of them, I think he was the former train driver, didn't know any answers. He certainly didn't know any of the ones that I knew the answers to. So I was, I was, I was quite pleased about that. <laughs> quite pleased about that. Uh, 84850, 
Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, everybody agrees with me about the about the chef. Get out of the get out of the business. Everybody agrees with me. Can't find anybody to disagree. As usual, you know, we are the voice of reason. We are the we are the program that reflects exactly what you're saying. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. That's Steve from Oxford. You're a nosy little old queen, aren't you? What's the matter with why, why do you want to know exactly how many people are listening? What's got to do with you? What's got to do with you? Mind your own business. Go away. Go away. Silly little girl in Oxford. I mean, what a dumb place to come from. Uh, and one here uh, to Lisa. Yes, actually, the whole of N Dubs have not really had a great year, have they? Uh, Dappy, I think, declared himself bankrupt, got kicked by a horse, and uh, Phaser was declared bankrupt the other week. And you think to yourself, what do these celebrities, in inverted commas, because they're quite clearly very stupid people, what do they do with their money? The answer is they buy cars, they buy property. But then we only discovered yesterday, I didn't know, that apparently Phaser and Tulisa used to be an item. So they've got joint ownership of a flat worth £800,000. Now, if you've declared yourself bankrupt, surely that's an interest, isn't it? You've got half of an eight, you've got £400,000 sitting in a flat. So how, does he, how is he able... To declare himself bankrupt. Would, would the taxman not have said, well, you, you own what? You've got half a prop. Well, you sell it then. You sell it and then you, you pay the tax that's due. Because I see that as a bit of a swizz, really. I, I don't think that's right. If you've got £400,000 sitting in a flat that's worth 800000 give or take a couple of hundred quid or whatever it happens to be, then I think that what you do is you actually sell that flat. You find somebody else to buy it. And then, uh, and then they... They give the money to the taxman, and the taxman's very happy, and, and everybody goes away, and he's, he's paid his dues. Yes, <laughs> well, I don't think I'll be saying that one. But it's, it, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting thought, isn't it, that these people have... If I didn't, how can you declare, declare yourself bankrupt if you've got assets of £400,000? I might as well declare myself bankrupt. I haven't got assets of £400,000. Uh, 84850, Teresa says, which insurance company are you with? Um, I'm with... Who am I with? They're in Wales. They're in Wales. I can't remember who that is. Is it Admiral? I don't know. It's one of the two. They're always very helpful. They're always very helpful. And uh, I was surprised. But it really depends on everything. It depends on how many years no claims bonus you've got. It depends It depends on, on all sorts of factors. As Duncan said, you know, you shop around now. I, I went on originally to one of these price compare websites. Compare the market kind of thing. Uh, I don't think it was that one. It was something similar. And I was paying my other insurance company, who I'd been with since the year dot, all of a sudden magically wanted to put my insurance up to 1,500 quid. And I told them where to stick it. I thought, I've been with you for that long, and you're turning round and you're going, oh, we're going to put it up to 1,500. I hadn't made any claims. Why were they putting it up? Because they were greedy. So I ditched them, and I went on and I compared. And some of the, some of the prices for my, my car and my age and my job, that's the problem, my job is the thing that uh, that absolutely kills it. Are you actually on the radio? The AA asked me very politely at one time. Yes, click. Down went the phone. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Time now is 4.30. So it is nice to be company. Welcome along. Thursday morning in London town. You should have finished your Christmas shopping by now. You should have posted your cards. The tree should be done, unless you're <coughs> East European or Polish, in which case it doesn't go up till Christmas Eve, which I always think is sort of not actually enjoying it. Oh, did you find a big one? Did we find a big one? Oh, didn't look, did you? Didn't go. I can tell you didn't look. You can tell by the look on your face. Did you go where I said to look? If I find them there later, I'm coming round to dismantle your tree. It's as simple as that. Okay. 
reading this? I said it's a euphemism, yes. Coming, it's a euphemism for I'm coming round to dismantle your tree. <laughs> when are we doing this one? When am I doing this one? Oh, right, after quarter two. Sorry, it's just something that it, it involves you, ladies and gentlemen, at home. So we'll do it after, after quarter two. Uh, apparently, you can't get a runny egg at McDonald's. I wouldn't want a runny egg at McDonald's. I know they actually all their eggs are sort of cooked, aren't they? Which is good. Um, somebody else uh, here says, I used to work there. They cook them at the back. The kitchen is usually behind where you see the shelf. They keep the burgers warm. But I've never seen anybody actually cooking anything. Perhaps I need to look more carefully. Perhaps I need to look more carefully. But apparently it's because of uh, all sorts of uh, problems. Paul says, uh, McDonald's are closed on Christmas Day. So what time should I come round for dinner? I'm, I'm having a huge Christmas dinner this year. Although my brother texted me the other day. He said, I can't remember. Do you like parsnips? So I texted back, no, I don't. Can't bear parsnips. It's a very northern common thing and I don't like them. They go, oh, you know, honey glazed parsnips. Big load of old rubbish. I can't stand the things. We don't like Swede either in our family. We're just having the usual traditional stuff. Usual traditional stuff. And uh, I'm working on Christmas Day, working at home, only a half day. I'll help cook Christmas lunch, watch a few films, go home and get drunk with the family, pretending I had a hard day whilst they do the washing up. Oh, and it's double pay. God, must be one of the very few businesses where they offer double pay now. They don't seem to offer that very often, do they? There's so many people who want to work Christmas. So many people. You wait till next year, it'll all be Polish working at Christmas, and they'll be grateful to do it, and they'll do it with a smile. And uh, gone are the days of, of people getting double money and treble money and this and that. I get a taxi in, which is quite nice. That's my, my claim to fame, and a, and a taxi home again. And, uh, and I shall enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely every stinking minute of it. I love it. Shan't have anything to drink. Uh, Evander Holyfield is going into the Big Brother house because he's broke. He filed for bankruptcy in America. Well, well there you go. That's sort of kind of thing I suppose he'd be, uh, he'd be sort of good at. Thank you, Terry. Very much indeed. Uh, another one here. Trying to weave everything in. Uh, Rav was meant to be on Splash, but was injured in training. Ghastly man. Can't bear him. And uh, N-Dub, Steve, were always rubbish. I'm so glad the public realised this. But did they not sell records anymore? I, I, I don't... I mean, I've never, I've never heard N-Dub singing. I thought it was very funny that Louis Walsh, who knows nothing about pop music at all, described that this, this is Talisa from, from the group The N-Dubs. He called them the end-ups, <laughs> which I thought was fun- fantastic. David Rochester says, the chef, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Oh, absolutely, a complete idiot. An idiot of the first order. Should never have been there in the first place. Uh, one here says, uh, uh, ta, 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 ta. I'm, sh- I'm sure you don't remember me. This is Leslie. But I see you every year at the Lady Rattling's lunch. I usually give you a note asking for a mention for Pamela in Mallorca, who listens to you every day. Uh, however, I bought five tickets for your evening show at the Magic Circle. Came last year, fantastic. And I've just discovered my 14-year-old nephew is coming for Christmas from Spain and I don't have a ticket for him. I know it's been sold out for weeks, but is there a chance you could squeeze in one more? I don't think we can. I mean, that's the trouble. Because it's only tiny, the Magic Circle Theatre, it only seats 120. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sure you... I mean, I don't want to say this. I don't want to get myself into trouble. But I'm sure if... It's for the evening, is it? For the evening show. I'm sure if he turned up, we could probably sit him somewhere. We'll, fi- we'll find somewhere to sit him. But it, it's been sold out for ages. and Both shows have sold out. But uh, bring him along, and I'm sure we will find somewhere. Just remind me a bit nearer the time. <laughs> remind me, like, next week. And I shall, uh, I shall tell... We'll, 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 we'll sit him somewhere. We'll sit him somewhere. Young, uh, young Dan... He says, on my last trip, finish at 5.45 and then bye-bye bus. You know why? 
because Dan's going over. There's his butt. Why do all these blooming things come inside? All pictures coming sideways to me. It's terrible. He's off to Florida with the family. They've decided they don't want to be here for the miserable weather we're having over Christmas. So he's going all the way to Florida for some uh, mega meals and uh, to enjoy the weather. Because it's, it's horrible for some people, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely terrible. Oh, Steve from Oxford's back again. Honestly, I can't help people who've got an illness. I really can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I think they're putting you in the rubbish bin. It's so much easier, actually. Uh, I've seen them flying on a flat steel stove top right at the back of the shop. That's Teresa. Um, I could never, ever describe McDonald's burgers as gorgeous. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't think it actually comes in. It's not like a proper burger, is it? It's an assembled thing. I remember when they first opened in this country and we went, um, a friend of mine said, they've opened a McDonald's. And I went, what the dickens is that? He said, the milkshakes are so thick you can't suck them up the straw. I said, what was the point of that? What's the point of making a milkshake? So you sit there, you know, exalting every bit of energy you could possibly have to try and get the milkshake up the straw. And they said, and they've got a Big Mac. I said, what the dickens is that? He said, two burgers the dreaded gherkin that no Brits like, and then gunk and a bit of shredded lettuce and things like that. I went, oh, lovely. So we used to have them. And, uh, and it was, I suppose for a while it was quite nice. So now it looks a bit dated, so they do other burgers. And then they tried to make it healthy, and people didn't buy into that idea. But I suppose first thing in the morning it's a bit addictive, but I would never describe their burgers as gorgeous. Gorgeous and, uh, you know, and, and burgles. Uh, sorry, and, uh, and burgers. Doesn't actually fit into the, uh, into the same thing, I'm afraid. Uh... It was 1972. Yeah, I was 15, and the highlight of the year for me was to see my idol Bill Haley perform in Ladbrook's Lucky Seven Bingo Hall in Nottingham. I remember the sax player, Rudy, stepping off stage into the audience, playing his saxophone and shaking hands with everybody. Little did I know that two years later, I'd be playing with a great man myself. So there you go. Actually, I've got uh, Bill Haley and his, uh, his men. What was it? Bill Haley and his... Comets. That's right, Bill Haley, of course. I was thinking Rockets for some reason, Bill Haley and the Comets. And uh, I've got them in the Wheel Tappers and Shunters Club. Because they, they would be, he had that little sort of kiss curl thing. Little kiss curl thing, didn't he, at the front. And I was talking the other day, interestingly enough, uh, about... Uh, oh, Bill died in 1981, and a signed photo of the band adorns the wall at Midnight Rock. Lovely. <coughs> Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Where is Midnight Rock? Oh, it's, it's in the Philippines. Good Lord, honestly, we get, we get stuff from all over the place on this programme. Yesterday I was in Paul Cooper's shop and a lady bought some mistletoe. She was taking it to France. Well, they have mistletoe in France. She was taking mistletoe all the way over to France, which I thought was quite a, quite a nice thing. People, people are still romantic, aren't they, about mistletoe. I'm thinking about bringing some in for the Christmas party for tomorrow, just to see if I get lucky, you know. You never know. You never know. Uh, a young policeman wisely does a spot of homework as he guards Buckingham Palace, and um, it's, it's got royal families, and it's, it's a list of all the people in the royal and he's standing there, and he's been, unfortunately, caught out reading it, but I suppose he might as well know who everybody is. Uh, Matt Willis is joining EastEnders. Matt will star alongside Lacey Turner as her boyfriend. Um, has he got any acting experience, Matt Willis? I wasn't even sure. He's got no acting experience. Is he just in a little boy band? What the dick is he doing there? And apparently it may be short-lived... As he's about to tour with McBusted, a new lineup featuring Busted and McFly early next year. Sam Bailey spoke to the X Factor chief Simon Cowell for the first time when he called to congratulate her on winning. Well, he's only just called her, has he? I mean, she won on Saturday. We're into Thursday now. And uh, he actually called her a babe 
in a surreal phone call. Mum of two, Sam. So, I mean, this is about it, isn't it, really? I'm, I'm not sure how, how far she's going to go with this career. I'm not totally convinced it's going to be, it's going to be the mega career that everybody thinks it is. Here's uh, my, my friend Esther McVeigh shouting. I've seen Esther McVeigh shout on more than one or two occasions. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, 84850, steve at Oh, that's nice. You've got a nice white Chevy over there. I love the, I love the American cars. <coughs> Absolutely love them. They're so much better than the British cars. And it's so easy to rent over there. You just go and you, you, know, you say, we'll have that one. Be very careful. They always try to get you to upgrade, don't they? The, the upgrading bit is a, is a bit of a con, I'm afraid. Phil's in Lincolnshire. That's a cheap county, isn't it? Property-wise, very, very cheap. I was saying the other day how, how expensive London is actually getting. And then you look at some parts of the country and you think, God, I mean, I love, that's why I love all these house programmes. So I'm just moving me with my tea. Uh, the house programmes where they, they take you around the country and you look at them and they say, well, how much do you think this, is how, this house is worth? There was one the other day and it was gorgeous. I think it was something like five bedrooms, had an orchard, a paddock, a stream, beautiful inside, beautiful kitchen. Everything about it was absolutely lovely. And they said, would well, you want to guess at the price? I'm thinking, I don't know, 700000 800000 No, this was, this was an offer at £326,000. I didn't think property like that existed. But it certainly done how it does out of London. Mm. Heather Mills in the paper today. She's a dreary little so-and-so, isn't she? She was always boring first time round. And she stormed out of the UK disabled skiing team. We did this story yesterday. Well, they've got a picture of the dreary old baggage. Because she, she's done everything. She's actually tried to make a career for herself. And she's not much cop at anything at all, is she? Uh, Re-car insurance. Uh, I was in total shock. And my daughter was uh, almost in shock when she received her insurance quote this year. It's gone down, says Lynn. Yes, I mean, well, mine went down. I bet perhaps it depends which, which company you're with, I'm afraid. Uh, Hamid says, I saw a sign at McDonald's Finchley today. It says we're open on Christmas Day. Yes, I thought so. I, I don't see why they would... There'll be loads of places open Christmas Day. Loads of places open Christmas Day. Um, <clears throat> how are the uh, airlines going to prevent you from using mobiles for calls? The person sitting next to you will be ramming it down your throat, I should imagine. <laughs> uh, the insolvency agency sees all your assets when you go bankrupt. Plus, you have to pay them all your future earnings for a period of three years. You're given a bare minimum to live on. Well, I don't see anybody suffering any time soon. Kerry Coke Toner certainly isn't suffering. I don't think it's three years anymore. In fact, it, it, isn't, it isn't the uh, the problem that it used to be going bankrupt. That's why she's been able to do it twice. So she's earned the money, and the second time round, she's stuck two fingers up to you because, uh, you know, you're the stupid ones paying tax. Uh, Alan says, when I worked over Heathrow, if I was rotated not to work on Christmas, I'd swap with one of my colleagues so they could spend it with the children. Then they swap with me on New Year so I could go out. <coughs> yeah, I mean, it seems fair enough, doesn't it? We don't have any problem around here. You know, some people say, oh, I'd like to, you know, I'm going abroad this year, I booked a holiday or something, and then they, they get the time off. But if you get one off, you work the other. So if you, if you, if you work Christmas, you, you, can, you can have sort of New Year off. For, pre- for, for presenters, it's different, but for staff, it's completely different. Uh, 84850. Somebody says, Steve, Sam Bailey will be but a memory this time next year. Bill's in Hammersmith. Best burger I've ever had, says Lawrence. Yes, I've been to Bill's. We've got a Bill's here. It's, um, it started in Brighton, Bill's. And there's one just around the corner here. In fact, it's almost next door to Jamie Oliver's place, which is lovely. And um, absolutely fantastic, apparently. Uh, brioche glazed with all the trimmings. Sounds delightful. Sounds very nice. Um, Vanessa. 
Been a fan of this programme since 12. It's always a slight worry, I think. Uh, N-dubs were always rubbish, Steve. Oh, well, they, see, I don't know anything about them. I just know that Tulisa was in N-dubs and Dappy. I think Dappy was another one of those peculiar people who did one of those... He took a nude shot of himself, didn't he? And then sent it on a Twitter to some girl. There's a, a Disney star who's just done something very similar. Years ago, he was a very famous Disney star. And he's just sent a picture uh, of himself to a girl. And she obviously suddenly realised, wait a minute, I know who this person is. And uh, he says, you know, I've improved a lot since I was a chubby little 14-year-old. Because I think that's the time that he was, he was famous with, with Disney. They all do it, don't they? Everybody absolutely does it. I can't, I can't believe how many people send pictures of themselves to other people. I've never done that in my life. Nobody's ever expressed any interest, to be honest with you. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is from... Is this from... Uh, uh, is, who is this, actually? I, can't, I don't even know who this one's from, actually. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And another one here. This is from... Oh, this is from Paul. Sorry, I can't... Computer was playing silly beggars. He says, when I worked at the hotel in housekeeping on Christmas, I was so badly treated. Appalling it was. Late start from 8am, free taxi in, champagne breakfast, Christmas dinner with all the trimmings. And, I, uh, and in my case, as I was father Christmas for the guests, a vintage bottle of Moet, a free taxi home at four in the afternoon, also a free turkey, wine and biscuits for all members of the staff, whether they worked or not. As I'm sure you will agree, how bloody hard done by was I? Re-come dine, one of its previous contestants, Mr Olivier, has been in a bit of the old Skype, if you know what I mean. The pictures are there for us all to see. Has he? Philip Olivier, he's been sending pictures, has he? I don't know. And, and, and they would be available where? <laughs> where would you find these? I often wonder what he did for a living. Does he, I mean, does he actually have a job? I, I mean, I, don't, I only ask because I don't know. I'm assuming... He actually doesn't have uh, have a... Evander Holyfield, Steve, is a devout Christian who believes in tithing and gave £2.5 million to his church. Maybe God could give him a few dollars back. Well, quite clearly, if he's declared himself bankrupt, it's obviously not working, is it? Obviously not working. Uh, Bryn uh, and Annie, good morning. I know that they're listening in France. I wonder what the weather's like in France. Do you get snow in France? Do they have snow in France? I'm assuming as, as bad weather sweeps through Europe, you know, they're, they're as prone to getting it as everybody else is. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Good news on the tortured rabbit jumpers after this. It certainly is 11 minutes to 5. Thursday morning. Duncan always uses that phrase, this is where late night London comes to talk. This is where late night London comes to listen. Biggest audience figures ever. Biggest audience figures ever. In the capital, bar none. No other radio station comes anywhere near it. LBC 97.3's Help a London Child is raising money for the charity Missing People this year to reunite families this Christmas. And this is where you come in. This is where I need your help this morning. We'd like you to help us fund their 24-hour helpline throughout the Christmas period to provide tailored counselling to families facing Christmas with a seat laying empty at the table and a confidential helpline for young runaways to send a message to loved ones that they're safe or better still that they want to come home. Can you help? Text HELP to 70766 to donate £5 to help a London child and help us to make a difference. The text costs £5 plus a standard network rate. For terms and conditions, go to lbc.co.uk. You can help a London child this Christmas with LBC 97.3. Look on that as your good deed of the day. Look on that as your, you know, the thing you go, that it's only £5 
It's diddly squat in this day and age. So text HELP to 707 to donate £5 to help a London child. And in advance, I say thank you very much indeed. More of your texts and uh, emails on the subject of, uh, of burgers. McDonald's burgers are microwaved. Well, they must be cooked. They have to be cooked at some point, don't they? That's, that's why we, we got confused with the flame-grilled burgers for Burger King. We've had this discussion before. We sorted out the egg problem. We understand exactly what goes on with the eggs. That's quite nice. That's why you don't find runny yolks, because, you know, they could be prone to all sorts of, uh, all sorts of strange things. So you don't, they don't do runny eggs in McDonald's. It's all cooked all the way through. But it's the burgers. I've never seen anybody standing there like you doing Wimpy, where they put the burgers on a hot plate and they cook them. I've never seen this. I've never seen any flames coming out of anything in, in Burger King. Perhaps I should get a job in Burger King and find out. Do they come in frozen, already cooked, and then they just microwave them? I know that whenever you order a burger in Burger King, they microwave it. I've seen them at the back. They go, so, 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 and they appear to assemble it. They wrap it in the paper and they put it in the microwave. Uh, another one here. This is from, this is from, 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 from. Uh, another one. When in the Royal Air Force, there was an agreement, says Ian, in our section, that the single lads worked Christmas and the married lads worked New Year. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, actually. I think that's, you either work one or the other, unless you really, really, really want, to work both of them. And some people do. Some people do enjoy working both. If you're a single person, why would you want to sit at home if you haven't got any family or relatives? Uh, somebody else saying, Heather Mills, still can't understand what McCartney saw in her. No, she targeted him, didn't she? She targeted him. She used, she used her feminine wiles. And then she turned out to be not the nicest person in the world, I'm afraid. Not the nicest person in the world. She wrote a book, as I explained on the programme yesterday. Even her father went. It's the biggest load of tosh she's ever read in his entire life. She kind of makes up bits about her life. Uh, more on the great train robber Ronnie Biggs, dead. His ashes are going to be scattered in Brazil as the driver's family dismissed cheap criminal. This is the, uh, the driver who got coshed. And uh, I don't think the family ever, ever recovered. Uh, Ronnie Biggs, this is a dead, and now perhaps we can spend some money on, on pensioners who really matter in this country. They must be absolutely kicking themselves over there. Anyway, I'm glad he's, he's gone. He was, he was an embarrassment to everybody. He thought, though, that he, he said I was very proud to have done the great train robbery because he said it's given me my, my place in history. And I thought, yeah, but unfortunately, you're a failure. Hardly clever, are you? I had to run away like a little girl's blouse and then come skipping back like a little girl when you wanted the medical attention. Now you're dead. What have you got to show for it? Nothing. Oh, a wheelchair. You ended up with a wheelchair, so hard, hardly particularly clever, was it? Anyway, Christmas is... I can't believe it. Christmas is less than a week away, ladies and gentlemen. And over the last fortnight, we've given away thousands of pounds worth of the hottest techie gifts in the LBC Gadget giveaway. And there's still more to come, and I'm guaranteeing delivery by Christmas. Yesterday, I gave away a brand new iPad Air to one lucky listener who correctly identified that H2O is the chemical formula for snow, H2O, which is water, of course. And that's what snow is, it's water. Uh, I don't know the name of the listener. who want, Perhaps they, they declined to offer their name yesterday. Some people like anonymity, but they've got the iPad Air, which is great. Today, I'm giving away a Roku. And before you say a raccoon, why are you giving away a, a Roku? This is a little box which connects to your television and broadband and lets you stream the hottest films... TV programmes, music, games and everything else to your television. Watch what you want, when you want. No recurring fees. So one lucky listener could be watching 
all their favourite Christmas programmes on this new digital media player, just by answering this question correctly. You can check it out. You can see what, see what a Roku is if you go on to Google, and you can have a look at it. Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Blimey, that's complicated, isn't it? Christmas, I think that's quite difficult. Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? You text the word gadget. It'd be a miracle if people get this one right. Gadget. Uh, followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. So Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Gadget is what you text. Followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. I loved working Christmas Day, says Mary. Meant somebody else did the cooking. I just came home, sat down and enjoyed the festivities. So hello to all the 999 communications officers. Uh, in Lambeth, I'm assuming. That's where you are based. So good luck to all of you. You see, all these services, they'll all be working over the Christmas season. All over the Christmas season. Uh, the middle... Uh, sorry, the comedy circuit, says Martin... And television seems to be dominated these days by middle-class, ex-university lefty posh boys like Jack Whitehall, who are just not funny. Where is the new generation of working-class, funny, old-style comedians like Les Dawson and Freddie Starr? They're dead. They're dead. They're, they, I mean, you won't see their like again. You certainly won't see a Les Dawson, because they just don't exist. That's why he was unique. And uh, Freddie Starr, I don't think I've really ever found Freddie Starr remotely funny, I'm afraid. Deeply unfunny, if you ask me. And you don't find them anymore. But if you remember... We went, we went through that phase, didn't we? Who was that comic who always used to do left-wing jokes? Ben Elton. He was all, and then, of course, then Labour got in and his act died because nobody was particularly interested. And then, of course, you know, he wasn't as left-wing as people thought. They thought, you know, they thought he working class and all that kind of stuff. What does he do? Writes a musical with Andrew Lloyd Webber. You don't get more middle class than that. And so he, he kind of had to take the back seat. So you don't see Ben Elton on the circuit. You see a few other people. Paul Merton go, goes out on the circuit every so often. Jack D still doing the circuit. All these, all these comics are still out there. But you don't get the, um, the working class, you know, I say, I say, take my wife, please. You know, you don't get that kind of gag anymore. So that's why they're presumably, it's gone the full circle. And they're now going for people like, like Jack Wiltshire, uh, Whitehall. Wiltshire? Whitehall. Jack Whitehall. I don't think he's funny at all. I mean, I've watched him a few times. I think he's naff. Him and his dreary father. God, blimey. Absolutely awful. There's a, a poor dog here called Shiva. This is, this is the time of year that uh, people take their dogs in for a trim. Unfortunately, Nicola and John Gaynor were horrified when they saw their nine-year-old Alaskan uh, Malamute was totally bald. He'd gone in for a £40 cut and blow-dry and came out looking like a shorn sheep. Poor soul. The couple from Great Bar in the West Midlands had left their dog at the nearby Amethyst Dog Grooming Parlour. Sounds ever so posh, doesn't it, really? He was shaved by former carpenter and parlour owner Pat Corish who allegedly left the dog covered in sores. Nicholas said she broke down crying when John returned home with a near-unrecognisable pet. The good news is... The good news is that, you know, the, the, the fur will grow again. Mr Corish, uh, who is the owner, Pat, says, I'm a carpenter by trade, but I've been grooming dogs for five years. My wife taught me, and I have a qualification in dog first aid. <laughs> Christ. That's it, is it? A dog first aid. Does that make you a vet? The RSPCA have uh, have launched a probe. I should think so too. I should think so too. Um, here we are. 
Here are some words that have come back to haunt Hardeep Barya. I'm not a crook, I'm a respected person. This is Penman investigating inside the mirror for today. It's always very, very entertaining. I love some of their things. And uh, he is a crook. And in fact, I was in court, says Penman the other day, as he was jailed for 42 months for fraudulent trading. He preyed on people, hoping to train as truck and coach drivers. And uh, not anymore. He's now in prison, which is fantastic. He used to charge people huge amounts of money. Huge amounts of money. So, in prison now, which is good news, isn't it? Uh, Abby Clancy, she's definitely going to win. She's definitely going to win the dancing. If she doesn't, there's no justice and it'll be a fiddle. Because she is undoubtedly the best dancer on the programme. As long as she doesn't open her mouth and that ghastly accent comes out. I mean, it's just awful. It's like a voice of a foghorn. It really is dreadful. But I, I think she could win. She's been uh, dancing with her partner, whose name I cannot pronounce, but he's another one of these sort of men who, who dances. Sophie Ellis-Bexter will perform to Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance. And uh, Brucey Forsyth said, uh, he said, I know in my head who will win. Oh, it's got to be Abby Clancy. I mean, she was, she was best from day one, wasn't she? Absolutely best from day one. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. I'm with you all the way through till 6.30 this morning. We've all your texts and emails in between now and then. So we'll do that. The other side of the news, which is coming up in a matter of minutes. Morning, every Thursday morning in London town. As we get ever nearer the festive season. I'm just checking, actually, if anyone knows the answer to this, uh, this, uh, this quiz for today. The gadget, uh, the gadget quiz. I think that's quite a difficult question, actually. In fact, I think it's a nigh-on impossible question. Uh, so what we're giving away is a Roku. R-O-K-U. This little box that connects to the TV and broadband and lets you stream films, TV programmes, stuff like that. And, uh, and there's no, no recurring fees, which is good. You can watch what, what you want, when you want, which is good. So one lucky listener will be winning it, uh, if you know the answer to this question. Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? To enter, text the word gadget... Followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here that says, oh sorry, um, uh, thank goodness uh, BA is not allowing people to make calls on planes. I'd lose my mind listening to all the banal, mindless conversation. Well, I, I was amazed that when you, when you get on the train in the morning, there's always people on the train. I've seen people actually get on buses on their phone. And this is a, you know, just gone seven... Who are they talking to? It gone seven o'clock in the morning. They all sound the most naff conversations. You know, and on the train, oh, yeah, so I did... Sound, you think, you know, what did we do before mobile phones? What did we do before mobile phones? Admittedly, we'd all be a bit lost without them, wouldn't we? We all, we all be... <laughs> Who's Jack Whitehall's dad, says Chris. He's, he's his father. I don't know what his name is, but he, they do a chat show together on the television. It's ghastly. It's so appalling. Obviously, somebody has decided that he's going to be flavour of the month. And so they're going to push him forward because he's kind of, you know, okay, yeah, it's a little bit posh. And so they're, they're trying to make him. They're obviously always looking around, as indeed do uh, all, the, um, all these sort of comedians... They, they always have to get themselves in there and somebody would be going, right, you're the next comedian, we're going to turn into something. It was like Matt. Was it Matt, who used to be on Blue Peter, now he's on The One Show. He can't interview for Toffee. He's so bad. It is so appalling. And the two of them together, 
It's like car crash television. Their interviews are just so appalling. So appalling. On the country programme, the country file thing, he's brilliant. That's wonderful. Although we can't stand that Ellie girl on that one. She's very pretty, but she's a bit sort of... She's, a, she's a, got an irritating factor to do. And she cropped up, I'm afraid, with Alan Titchmarsh a couple of times. <coughs> and she's there. And she's a little bit okay, yeah. And she really gets on your nerves as well. Um, I, I hate for it. I'm just having a look, actually, seeing if anybody's knowing the answer to this question. And actually, three people have and two people haven't. Um, uh, Terry says, I entered the competition. forgot to put my name. How do I find it if I was lucky enough to win? Oh, don't worry. You'll, if you win, you'll hear... Uh, I went to see the recording of Birds of a Feather. Matt Willis is playing Tracy's son, Garth, says Emma. Oh. Bit of a strange one, isn't it? It was a strange choice. Because Garth, I suppose he would have grown up now, wouldn't he? He would have grown up a little bit. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, Jack Whitehall has not a single funny bone. He's, he's as entertaining as the saliva gland of a dung beetle. That's an old Les Dawson line, I think. Actually, so many lines are old... Old Les Dawson, aren't they? I remember, I, I remember watching him, and I've got him on DVD playing at the Royal Variety performances. And it's so funny, because he does the same act. He plays everything out of tune. But it's very difficult to play everything out of tune. He was just... He, was just, he had one of those, what I call, lugubrious faces. He was, he was a lugubrious soul, and everything just appeared terribly funny. To me, it did, anyway. <laughs> Wait, it is. Airports are open Christmas Day, Steve. Most miserable passengers travel on that day. Says Sarah out at Gatwick, I can imagine. I don't, I, see, I don't mind it. It really doesn't bother me in the slightest, Christmas. It really... You know, I, I love Christmas. I love the whole festival. You know me, I'm Christmas crackers. I mean, I could, I could live in a Christmas shop. And we, do, and we do know of a Christmas shop, don't we? In Tooley Street, in Hayes Galleria. We do know it. And, and the reason we know it is because they're open all year round. There's one in San Francisco. When we went to San Francisco some years ago, um, on one of the piers, they've got a Christmas shop. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, Christmas shop. Christmas shop, love Christmas shops. And so I could spend ages looking around. My love, you know, anything to do with twinkling lights and glitter. Well, maybe not so much glitter in this day and age, but, you know, anything like anything that lights up or rotates or makes a noise or, you know, just lovely things. I like all of that. I know it's become over-commercialised, but I love the commercialism of it. I could live in a Christmas... I could work in a Christmas shop. I could be that eternal ho-ho-ho. I could do that. (laughs) That's that's how it works, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Right, going back to your emails for this morning. And um, one from from Taj. Says, um, government hiding the truth. Who eats McDonald's? Oh, God, millions of people. Millions of people. I know there's always been complaints about McDonald's. There's always complaints about everything, isn't there? There's always complaints about every shop and every outlet. I mean, I would probably rather shop in McDonald's, because I know what I'm getting, than I would in some of these chicken places that spring up um, all over the place. You know, they call them super fried chicken or fast chicken. Whatever it happens to be, it's ghastly, cheap, rubbish food. It's really 3.8 million people a day. 3.8 million, look at the 3.8 million people a day, eat a McDonald's every single day. You can't, you can't beat success. I'm not saying everybody likes it. I don't like them all the time. I have taken to having a uh, double sausage and egg McMuffin, but I try not to eat the bun, which is quite quite an achievement, believe you me. But I, I wouldn't eat it every day. I wouldn't eat it every day. I try not to eat the fries, because they're just, they're, they're, they're too thin, and I, I suspect that they're probably carrying a lot of fat, and they've got um, salt on and stuff like that. So I wouldn't eat those. But they do do a healthy burger. Well, a healthy, is there such a thing as a healthy burger? 
It's got tomato and lettuce on and a bit of gunk, and that's OK. I wouldn't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken like some people around here, because I know that that's, that's not good for you. I know that that's bad. I know chicken's good for you. It's the coating that's not very good. And that's, that's the bit, but that's the bit that everybody likes, isn't it? That is the bit that everybody likes, I'm afraid. Uh, in the spirit of Christmas, says Nick in Ascot, we had partridge for dinner last night. Ever tried a partridge? Well, I found out they're disgusting. <laughs> we'll be doing that again. <coughs> I wouldn't, sorry, I wouldn't be wanting to eat a partridge. It just doesn't interest me in the slightest. I'd, what did I have once? I went, to a, I went to a restaurant, a posh restaurant. It was over Christmas in Vienna, and I was by myself over there because I was working. And, and I think I had, is it little, little poussin? Is it, is it, are they little poussin? Little tiny things, aren't they? Little tiny birds. Apparently in some street markets in Singapore, they do fried sparrows. They stick them on a skewer and then they sort of deep fry them. And people, I oh, couldn't eat anything like that either. And yet, strange enough, we eat crispy duck. But I had this, this sort of poussin stuff and I, I didn't like that either, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, one here from Joe who says, everybody's tired in the house and, uh, and late. Uh, I last sent a text to one child about the delivery today, about their own Christmas present. Realised what I'd done, so I then had to wake Josh up to get his passcode to unlock his phone before he read the text. And I spoilt the surprise. Not much Christmas cheer in our house. Well, I mean, my, my youngest goddaughter knows exactly what she's got because I was with her when she bought it. I gave her the money for it. She's got an, I, an iPad cover and a satchel from me. So she, she's, she's quite easily pleased on things. It's when you get to sort of Nathan, I mean, even, even my oldest at 18, she's, she's getting cash. It's as simple as that because she wants petrol to put in the car. And, you know, barring buying her a filling station, which isn't going to happen... Uh, I, I put some money in a little box. There's a lovely picture here. I don't know whether or not this is a true picture or whether it's been dummied up. And it's of a, a little boat, and they're looking for a, a whale. And underneath the boat is the biggest whale you've ever seen in your entire life. Entire life. But my favourite story is a savvy teenager who used supermarket coupons. Jordan Cox is his name. He's 16. He scoured the internet and magazines. He collected 470 money-off and cashback vouchers for dozens of products. He then went on a shopping spree and filled three trolleys with goodies such as biscuits, cheese, fruit juice, whipped cream, soup, and even, oh, how surprising, Grishingham Poussin. How funny. Jordan, who comes from Brentwood, he'd have to be called Jordan, wouldn't he, coming from Brentwood, I'm afraid, uh, explained, I decided I want to help as many people as I can. And so he told how his trip to the checkout at Tesco Brent Cross took an hour and the cashier had to call the manager because she'd never seen so many coupons. He said, I had a big crowd and I felt like a celebrity. He's six foot four. He ran up a bill for £572.16 and was given a receipt almost as long as him. But he was stunned when the coupons gave him a 99.9% discount. The kind youngster later headed out to nearby charity doorstep to hand out food. Isn't that fantastic? What a good, what a clever boy. What a clever boy. We need somebody like that here. I personally don't do coupons. I pay full retail. I can't, I'm not the sort of person who would stand there at, at the checker counting out pennies from a purse or something like that. I would rather give a note. And that's why my pockets are always bulging with coins. Because I always give a note. I can't be bothered standing there going, £4.27, £4.28. And I've seen people doing it. I think, I can't, I can't do that. There was a woman yesterday in the supermarket. They're so slow in Waitrose. The staff there, I'm sure they put them all on Mogadon or something like that. They are so slow. 
And it's just a little bit tedious. And there's one woman, so she packed her stuff away, and then she starts hunting for a purse. Men, of course, are not like that at all. Men are ready straight away. You know, they go, that's £6.80, and we take our wallets out of our inside pocket, and we give them the money. Women, where is the blasted purse? Where is it? Is it in this bag? No. And you think, oh, it's like people getting on the bus. They've been standing at the bus stop for 20 minutes. A bus comes along, and they start looking for their bus pass. Oh, dear. So I'm afraid it's, it's going to be Jordan Cox today. He definitely gets our, our vote. £600 worth of groceries for the needy with just 4p with a pile of discount vouchers. <coughs> That's what I call somebody who'll be rewarded in high places. What a clever boy. He's a business student. A business student. Oh, here we go. Salutary piece of advice for everybody next door. A 40-stone man who lived on burgers and pies. 40-stone. 40 stone. I don't know how big 40 stone is. That sounds quite large. That's W, is it? 40 stone. <gasps> you 20 stone? Are you rip? Round about 20? Really? Good Lord. 20 stone. I don't know what I weigh. I've got no idea. I used to think, well, I mean, I'm quite clearly not 9 stone 7 pounds. But uh, I have a feeling I'm probably about 15 or 16 stone now. I think. <coughs> how much are you, James? How much do you weigh? Oh, here we go. 7 stone. It'll be something pathetic, won't it? Something really bad. Nine, nine or ten stone. How long? What, what size is your waist? Do you have a... Is it... 32. I really hate you. I really can't stand you. You're really making me sick just sitting here. <laughs> I remember going out to buy a suit a short while ago. I, I always have to buy every year because my weight fluctuates. You know, so, it, it doesn't matter what anybody says, but some days you have fat days and some days you have thin days. And I must have been having a fat day because I went and bought what I thought was my size in a suit. But you need to buy two sizes bigger... Because suits are cut quite tight, whereas jeans are OK. And I spent, a la- spent most of my, my life in jeans, I'm afraid. It's all very peculiar. Well, I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's nothing to do with you at all. 16 minutes past five. 24 minutes past five. It's LBC 97.3. Thank you, incidentally, for all your Christmas cards. As usual, we have uh, filled up. We're, we're now almost running out of shelf space to put them on. But thank you very much indeed for them. Uh, Andy is a uh, haemophiliac. I love that people tell me things, and uh, actually it's quite a common name, Andy, because I've got another card, but it's designed by Andy as well. He says, I'm sure you'll have lots of little surprises in your Bentley. Yes, probably those I don't want, I should imagine. Uh, And from Paul, from the Hinge and Bracket fan club, as usual, always there. He says, still loving the show, it's been ten years. Gosh, is it really really ten years? Is it really... Well, longer for me, of course. (laughs) You've only done ten years. I've done nearly 35. Amanda in Clapham. She says, uh, I so enjoy listening to the programme. Thank you. A lot of glitter cards we got. We got quite a lot of glitter cards. In fact, every one I've opened this morning has got glitter. Pauline from, uh, from Sutton says, uh, I love the laughs at the so-called celebs. That's the bit. And uh, pretty, pretty photograph, always by Chris Christodoulou. Uh, always lovely. And taken at the Royal Albert Hall. And this was when the St Petersburg Ballet were doing The Nutcracker. Absolutely fantastic show. Uh, card with lights in and glitter always gets my vote. And this is from James S. I love knowing who some of these people are. But uh, you're all listening, and that's uh, all we're, we're worried about. Merle, thank you very much indeed. And to uh, Judy and uh, and Rod Taylor as well. And, uh, and one here, it's from uh, Bettine, I think it is. Thank you very much indeed. They, they will go up on the window ledge. I've got another fridge magnet as well, which is nice. I forgot to t- finish off the story about the poor man who's 40 stone. Um, he refused treatment. He was 40 stone. And what happened was he'd fallen off his chair 
and he slipped on it. He died. He died. They, 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 when eventually somebody found this poor man here, he was confined to his seat 24 hours a day. He'd infected ulcers, pressure sores, all sorts of things. Uh, he also had tissue swelling condition, uh, which is uh, lymphedema. He refused emergency treatment and he died in hospital six days later. He was grossly obese. 40 stone is, I mean, I've heard of people bigger, but 40 stone is actually quite big. I heard the other day, actually, somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day in Twicken, they said, oh, so-and-so died. So a while ago, a man who was only 60, and he had prostate cancer. They, they diagnosed it. He lived, lived for less than a month after they diagnosed it. And I said, how terrible at this time of year to actually sort of, you know, lose your, your partner, your husband, your father, whoever it happens to be. At this time of year, it's dreadful for anybody in that, in that situation, because you don't forget it, do you? It's always Christmas, and it always comes back to, to haunt you, I'm afraid. So uh, my sympathy to anybody who's, who's going through all these... These dreadful things. If you've got people in hospital, all you can hope is if you've got people in hospital, they come out, which is lovely. Had an early Christmas present yesterday. Ordered some online groceries, costing £80.34, says John in Leeds. I realised they hadn't debited the account, so I rang Sainsbury's. I remember when the driver arrived, he said they hadn't given him the receipt, but I said it wasn't a problem. Anyway, it seems that on that day, I ordered the website. Uh, I ordered. The website went down, so they told me to forget about it. So I shall give a donation to help a London child. Good. I think, I think you should. I think it makes sense. Uh, and we've got our, our competition as well. Uh, on the subject of uh, burgers, it's amazing how many of you know all about these fast food burgers. Apparently in America, <coughs> excuse me, says Joe in Maryland, fast food burgers are cooked on a grill, and when they're assembled, they're popped into the microwave to melt the cheese. Ah, that's right. It isn't, it isn't actually cheese, though, is it? Isn't it, isn't it processed cheese that they use? I always thought it was, it was processed. Uh, 848. Did you hear that here earlier on, actually, when Andy Quill was doing the travel? Shepherd's Bush? You called it Shepherd's Bush? I've never heard it called that. Because it's, it's always been elevated, ladies and gentlemen, into some, some really posh... Shepherd's Bush? Couldn't believe it. And they fell off the chair, which is lovely. And, um, uh, is it a train station or a railway station? I don't know. It's probably both, actually, isn't it? Can it, be, can it not be both? I know we have Americanisms that, that creep in. Which I always like, actually. I love some of the Americanisms. And, uh, and somebody says, you 15 stone and the rest, you're 20 stone. Do we don't know we need 20 stone. Good God, I know. My, my, my doctor would have me on a strict diet if I was 20 stone. Don't get to be diabetic and get that. I'm probably about 15, actually. Uh, if you want to see a really good Christmas shop, go to Bronner's in Michigan, says Tim. No, I don't need to go there. I just need to go to the Christmas shop in Tooley Street. Because I, I know them very well, and, I know, and it's a long way to go to America to see the same stuff we've got here. And I know Elaine and David Thompson, who run the Christmas shop, who, it's theirs. They're very busy this time of year. Because what they've, they, they've actually, you know, they, they run a little, at the moment they're running a little bit late. But I'm sure, as always, well, it must be lovely to work in there. It really must be lovely. I should pop over and see you one day. So Elaine and David Thompson at the Christmas shop wish you the uh, compliments of the season. But there again, people wish you that every day of the week, don't they? I would think. Uh, <coughs> uh, it's your little German Fraulein here at RTL, says Nicolette. She says, we're, uh, we, we're, we're going to send you some uh, Bratwurst and Stollen for Christmas. We have these things here. We're not, we're not very backward in this country. We do have stuff here. You can go to the, uh, the, Christ, uh, the Christmas Winter Wonderland thing, and you can't. there's more sausages up there that you can shake a stick at, which I absolutely adore. Here's uh, the poor Strictly Come Dancing person. This is uh, Susanna Reid. And uh, 
She's tried to put fake tan on her feet. And, of course, your feet are the worst place to put fake tan on. <coughs> it, it always looks so dreadful. So dreadful. Uh, the coupon queen does Christmas for a... Here's somebody else who has managed to get Christmas for £100. Saved herself £540. What does she have to pay for? Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. It was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And I mean, she, she gets bigger coverage. So she's done Christmas for 100 quid. She's got, you know, crackers, £2.50, normally be 10 Because she's got all these... these va- I'm going to start looking at this voucher thing. I'm not going to be very good at it, but I, I shall start looking at it, uh, I'm afraid. And um, <laughs> Chris being very rude today about my sight. I don't know why anybody would ever think I was 20 stone. There's nowhere, nowhere near 20. I feel like bringing in some scales or something. Nowhere near 20 stone. It's ridiculous, honestly. I mean, I, I fitted into that Christmas jumper the other year, sort of. Well, got it above my knees, anyway. Uh, little Julie says, can you wish Jenny and Chipstead a very happy birthday for today? Happy birthday, Jenny and Chipstead. And to you as well, if you're, uh, if you're celebrating your birthday. Moaning about working Christmas Day, they don't know how lucky they are. Stupid woman, says Bryn. Working as a Toastmaster for over 60 years, I must have spent well over 50 of them working throughout Christmas. I simply left Anne and the kids at home. And on the 23rd of December, went to a hotel and, uh, and ended up, you know, flogging myself to death throughout the whole holiday. That's what people do. It's LBC. It's 5.30. Certainly is. Nice to have you company. Welcome along. Thursday morning in London Town. Just going back to Bryn and his uh, working, being a professional Toastmaster, retired. He used to work all... He says it was fun and rewarding. It was part of the job. The hotels were full of mums and dads. Kids, grandparents, all expecting to be entertained for four days. Annie was in cabaret for many years, and we never saw each other on New Year's Eve. She was all over the place trying to fit in three gigs in one evening. Both managed to get home by about 3am. That was part of the job, and we loved it. Easter was full of weddings from, from Monday, Thursday to Easter Monday, and any holidays that the kids hoped for were simply forgotten. If you were in the hotel business or entertainment, that was part of your world, and just get on with it. Anybody who moans because their husband has to work, should count their blessings that their old man has a job to go to. The atmosphere at these events was happy, cheerful. The guests usually were full of fun and life. It was great. You got used to having your Christmas break afterwards when business was quiet. He says, have a good Christmas day. I'd rather be doing something than just sitting at home watching lousy television and being bored silly. It's, it's true. This was the... The letter that appeared in the Metro of someone who said, oh, you know, the kids haven't seen my husband since November because he works as a chef or something. I thought, no, he works as a cook in a kitchen. He's obviously not a chef because he would understand the business and he would expect his wife, presumably, to understand as well. And she said, oh, he's working 14 hours on Christmas Eve, 12 on Christmas. I thought, well, that's the business. That's what you do. You know, if he, if he was worth his salt, then uh, he certainly wouldn't be complaining. He certainly wouldn't be complaining, I'm afraid. Uh, Maria says... Uh, Ronnie Biggs is a boring criminal, doesn't deserve so much publicity. Well, they, they I mean, they basically said he's an old has-been. He was, he, was, he was a never-was, I'm afraid. He was just a pathetic relic from a distant past and uh, a failure. Had to come crawling back to get the medical treatment. I'd have said no. I'd have said no, I'm afraid. I'd have been quite harsh about the whole thing. You can have it, but you've got to pay for it. Why we had to pay for him in his last days, I've got no idea. Obviously not as successful as he obviously thought he was. Um, Steve, the pictures of... Uh, Phil, thank you, Paul in Manchesterford. Uh, there's all sorts of people on there. <laughs> As you can well imagine. Oh, David Jason, actually, because Bryn just mentioned about the fact that uh, television is lousy over the Christmas period. 
And he says, this is David Jason, television is too violent before the watershed. And, and I have to agree, it, I mean, I never thought it was violent, I just thought it was rubbish over Christmas. I mean, the ITV stuff looks, looks reasonably okay. Reasonably okay. But, but I, sh- I shan't be watching much TV over, over Christmas. Thank you for the picture of the Christmas. Oh, I, I quite like that Christmas jumper now, actually, Chris. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I look quite good, actually. They're 20 stone, honestly. People can never say that. I don't know. No, near 20 stone. I'm almost sylph-like. Well, not sylph-like, but, you know. <laughs> not far off it. Not far off it. On the subject of, of Christmas, uh, John says, do you socialise with any of your colleagues? Are you serious? Hang around with this lot. Bunch of misery. They all do bar humbug Christmas. Yes, sadly, we do socialise. We don't, you know, we see each other all the time. So it's not really like one of those, oh, let's hold hands and skip round a Christmas tree kind of situations. You know, we don't do that kind of thing. We'll be having drinks tomorrow evening. And uh, as usual, I'll probably embarrass myself and try and snog everyone. I'm bringing mistletoe in, whether they like it or not. Well, yeah, big up the mistletoe. And, uh, but we don't, you know, people don't tend to socialise with each other. Because you see, why would you want to socialise with somebody you spend all day with? You know, so you don't. You just see them every so often outside of it. But not not really that often. Probably no more than anybody else does. Uh, Neil has got a picture. He says, uh, who are you? Oh, that's right. What does Santa call you? If you're Santa's helper, helper you have a nickname. Mine's Stampy. Stampy. <laughs> Which is quite nice. And uh, find your birth month. So January, February. So three spanky sugar gems. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for that one. It's a little thing that's obviously appeared on the internet, which has, which has tickled Neil. It'll keep him happy for all day, that one will. It really will. Uh, 84850, steve at I'm glad to see that you're, uh, you're having a bit of fun with the competition this morning. This is the competition, in case you've just woken up, for our gadget competition. I guarantee delivery before Christmas. It's a Roku a rock sounds like a raccoon, doesn't it? It's a Roku. It's a little box that connects to your television and broadband and lets you stream films, TV programmes, music, games. No recurring fees. No fees. OK, we like that kind of thing. So one lucky listener could be watching all their favourite Christmas programmes. I started watching yesterday, and I've seen it a million times, so I can I could stop, start, stop, start, because I found the remote control for my multimedia DVD player. So I've got two DVD players, one on top of the other one. And one plays Region 2 and the other one plays all the, all the other stuff from around the world. And I found the remote control for it. It's a, it's a Sony remote and it's smaller than all the other ones. So I found it and I was watching Christmas in Connecticut. My favourite, one of my favourite Christmas films. Not as favourite as the, uh, as the, uh, sorry, I got distracted. The, uh, what was the other film I liked? Oh, the um, Shop Around the Corner and The Bishop's Wife. All absolutely wonderful films. All, all nice, nice films. Actually, Wednesday, yesterday, I forgot, it was Tom's birthday yesterday. He works with uh, Chris. Well, I say works with Chris, not necessarily all the time. And so it's, uh, it's, it was his, his birthday. And, uh, and where was this one taken? I can't remember where that one was taken. It's Father Christmas and me. I like the scarf I'm wearing, though, Chris. I wish you'd stop stalking me. It's getting quite embarrassing, actually. Uh, 84850. Uh, Tracy says, my boyfriend is just like you. Really? What Pisces and doesn't like fish very much? He never uses coins, only notes, and every day empties his pockets. And I put all the change in whiskey jars, one for the silver, one for the pound and two pound coins. And uh, once full, I count it all up and cash it into the bank and then use it towards a holiday. That's a brilliant idea. I do the same. I've got um, a spaghetti jar. Last time I emptied it out, and I try and do it on a regular basis, £400 it holds. £400. And I went to use one of those coin star machines. 
which they've got in the supermarket. So you have to pay a commission. But to be honest with you, I don't really worry about that. And you give it into them. You can see them going, oh, I'm ju- they're just about to open the till. They go, I'll have to get management approval on that one. So £400. Actually, are you still here? You've been outside again? Oh, dear, honestly. We've got a smoking addict with us, ladies and gentlemen, this morning. Sorry to say that. hope his parents know. And um, so he, he goes outside for a little cigarette. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because when I smoked, I used to have to go and stand outside. And you'd stand out there as the wind and the rain battered you completely, just for the sake of a cigarette. So much easier in the early days. So much easier. Anyway, so I just moved away from the gadget competition, I've just realised. Here is the question. Here is the question. If you know the answer to this one, you're a cleverer person than I. Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Okay? So, Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Text the word gadget, then the answer, and send it to 84850 before 7 o'clock this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. And good luck, because that is a very, very nice prize. Sue Ann says, we've got no heating or hot water. The communal boiler, number four, flooded. Oh, no. That is terrible. That's my worst nightmare. That is my worst nightmare, the boiler breaking down. It's only if it happened to one, one Christmas, the boiler broke down, and I had to have uh, semi-cold showers. Apparently it's all right after the first bucket of cold water poured over you. Terrible. Um, so, a lot of other people. Uh, I can't get the pictures, says, uh, says James, of those sparrows. I only hope they were already expired. Yet they actually, um, they're li- they, they might not be sparrows. But it's, uh, it's, it's a strange thing that people eat different things abroad. If you go to certain places in time, I think they do crickets same way. They thread them onto a skewer, dead, of course, and then they, they deep fry them and people just crunch. Oh, sounds horrible, doesn't it? But we have tried most things on this programme. Over the years, we have tried the chocolate-covered ants, chocolate-covered scorpion, chocolate-covered... Oh, loads of things. We went to Fortnum and Mason's one year, and downstairs you can buy just about anything covered in chocolate... And it comes in a little... They, they can't be made in this country. And also, because the, the scorpion was almost... It was perfect, just covered in chocolate. I wasn't sure, do they kill it? You know, and then... And how do they kill it and then dip it in the chocolate? Or do they dip it in the chocolate, which kills it? I, don't, I mean, I don't really know what the answer to that is. Either way, I didn't want to eat it. Because when we opened the box, one of the legs fell off. And it freaked me out so much that I, I vowed I would never... I didn't even like... So it's making me ill now. Uh, the, uh, the chocolate-covered ants either, because they were the giant ants... And they look disgusting. We did make Alan Dodge and eat them one year. <laughs> Very disappointed, Steve, to learn a man like you spends his life in jeans. Yeah, but, I mean, I wear jeans and look good. You know, some people don't wear jeans and look good. I'm very lucky. I, I look good in a pair of jeans. I d- I'm not really a great dressy-up person. They'd be delighted to know the one thing I don't have are tracksuit bottoms. Uh, Br- Brian at Twickenham Station, he says, best wishes to you and all your listeners at Christmas time. And to you as well, Brian. We see Brian every morning. We see Lenny. At Waterloo, as he's going to clean out the trains, and uh, we see a load of other people down at Waterloo. And then at Twickenham Station, we always see Brian, who presumably must be getting ready to finish work shortly. Are you not? Are you not? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Requeuing at checkout, says Sean. The same thing drives me daily at the Dartford Crossing. They queue up in traffic to pay the toll, then hand over a £20 note for a £1.50 toll. I'd put up a sign saying, no change given. People had soon changed their payment methods then. Great show as usual this morning. 
Mary says, I enjoy Christmas, but I hate cards. Hate cards. Um, another one here. Are zero contracts like self-employment without the high wages to cover the days with no work? I don't know. You'll have to wait and uh, find out with Nick Ferrari this morning. And this, Andrew says, I've just heard you mention burgers. There's a delightful lady who gets on the bus at Shepherd's Bush most mornings, clutching her McDonald's, which she then eats while she finishes putting on her makeup. Oh. <laughs> Somebody else says, I hate him too. The guy who's nine stone with a 32-inch waist. I keep a pair of Levi's, size 26-inch, to show people I was slim once. Yes, it doesn't work, D. I'm afraid. It, it's, it, no matter how much we really, really want, you know, to be, a, be to, to be slim, it just is not happening. I'm afraid it just is not happening. Uh, eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk, and everything is woven in on the program. Uh, very quickly, one here. I've just seen a trailer for EastEnders episodes, and they're all saturated with gloom, despair, misery, and violence. Is it a permanent fixture for them now at this time of year? Well, of course, that's how they get that's how they get ratings, isn't it? They get ratings through through misery, other people's misery, and we sit down. I shan't. I don't think I'll probably be watching much television over Christmas. I re- I, I don't think I will anyway. Um, it's a picture of David Cameron in the paper today, taken aback, confronted by the rubbish piled up in suitcases and grubby blankets in a squat in an outbuilding in Southall. If you fly in to Heathrow over Southall, 80% of the people in Southall, and certainly a lot in West London, um, has got sheds at the bottom of their garden, which they rent out to migrants. One of them here uh, is uh, housing 14 people. They've got no planning permission, these crooks. No planning permission at all. They've just converted the shed at the bottom of the garden. They're renting it out. And I don't know why the council haven't actually stopped it. It's a very tough message that they're sending out. The Prime Minister is shocked. Well, he shouldn't be, because he's known about it for years, actually. It's been going on there. It's nothing new. Nothing new. It's been going on for donkey's years down there. They've just let it get completely out of control. For 36 years, Ronnie Biggs, a serial crook who may, have, who may, have, who may well have killed... The royal train driver gave two fingers to justice, so why did so many treat him as a lovable rogue? A nasty little thug, writes Geoffrey Wansell to the very end. He was, he was a nasty little thug, he was a bully, and uh, I shouldn't imagine, I shouldn't imagine there's going to be some big East End funeral, I hope not anyway. It'll be some dreary thing, won't it? We're a lot of men wearing all black troops up and down the road, because they'll have to pay for it, because he's got no money. We were paying for him to the bitter end. And luckily, the end has occurred now. Ten to six is the time. The only thing worth watching on television this Christmas, Steve, is an old repeat of Treasure Hunt with Annika Rice. I think people only watched that to see Annika Rice's bottom, didn't they? That was the whole thing, that she ran around in this this sort of... Not, I was going to say tracksuit. It was like, I don't know what it was, really. Like a flying suit kind of thing. Uh, um, some of the, these programmes are worth resurrecting. I like Treasure Hunt. I thought it was brilliant. But poor old Lou in Norwood says, please help. We've always had a fairy on our tree when we were young. We've been to the shop in Tooley Street, and online, no fairies. Angels. Can your listeners help? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know if the Christmas shop... Do they only do angels nowadays? Elaine and David Thompson would know the answer to that question. I suppose... I mean, it, is it supposed to be a fairy on the top of the tree? Is it... I mean, it's... got an owl. got an owl on the top of your tree. Oh, little woolen owl. It's a strange thing to have, isn't it, really? A woolen owl. I remember once, actually, um, what was the story about the fairy on the Christmas tree? Wasn't it Father Christmas was having a particularly bad year one year? And he'd been a bit... Uh, he'd had a few drinks. And he was sort of wandering about a little bit. And, and there was a knock on the door. And he, he really he didn't want to see anybody at all. He, had no, he, he really didn't want to. 
and um, and there was a little fairy stand there with a wand. She said, Father Chris, I'm here to grant you your three wishes. And he was in such a bad mood. That's how the story came to be, that she appeared on the top of the tree. I think he sort of explained to her that he'd be sticking it where the sun doesn't shine. And so that's how she came to sit on the top of the tree. But everybody nowadays does angels. And I think because people see that as slightly more religious. Not that I think the Christmas tree has anything to do with religion at all. It's got nothing to do with religion. But I do like a, we- a well-decked bush, as they say, in the, in the living room. I like it. I like it full. I don't like going past somebody's house. They've got a, a sparse tree with sort of a bit of a tinsel round it. I like to see a, something that's absolutely bursting. Bursting at the seams with baubles and things like that. Although our own tree at home doesn't have that. It's just got two sets of lights on, so there's about 500 lights. Uh, which, which is a little bit like, you know, planes landing from Heathrow. And then just drench it in that Myla stuff. That's sort of, in, I mean, this year it's in silver. Last year it was all in gold. And to be honest with you, I preferred last year, so it looked better. Uh, there is the story of the paper today, and Duncan did this earlier on, of, uh, of a beggar. This is Christopher Turner. You'll know Christopher Turner because we featured him on LBC loads of times. And uh, he sits in Surbiton, southwest London, outside the HSBC. He sat there for ages. He's a fraud. He's not homeless at all. Uh, he's not hungry. He lives in a block of flats. It's a £1,000 a month, the flat. And uh, he's, he's a fraud. Everybody knows that he's a fraud there. He says, homeless, could you please, please help? I'd be very grateful. Thank you. God bless. Because quite clearly he doesn't have the gift of speaking because he's a drunk as well. When people give him money, stupid people give him money, he goes off to Londis. And uh, so people now have, uh, have started writing other signs going, this man is not homeless, he's a fraud. And so hopefully the people where he, he's been, he's been warned off before. He's been told, go away. He's not homeless. He's just an old drunk. He's been arrested in October, charged with begging and fraud, which he admitted. Uh, he's got a home. He gets housing and other financial assistance. There are genuine homeless people who are sleeping rough. He's not one of them. If you see him in Surbiton, why don't you just empty a cup of blackcurrant juice over him or something? Do so. Get him off the streets. The police should be arresting him all the time. They're now well aware of who he is. If he's seen sitting out there, have him arrested. Throw him inside. Keep him inside. All he's got to do... He's paid £113 in fines. He's raked in a fortune. He reckons he's probably making about 50 grand a year on begging. It's worth considering, isn't it, really? Anyway, he, he pleaded guilty. And, uh, strange enough, his £113 will be deducted from his benefits. I think we just stop his benefits. He's quite clearly able to actually get out there and do something. Stop his benefits. You know, little signs. Homeless. Can anybody please help? You're not homeless. You're a liar. You're a fraud, Christopher Turner. And I hope if anybody sees you in Surbiton, they, uh, they do the decent thing. They do the decent thing and keep on walking. Nick Fry, this morning, it's called Clegg. There'll be lots to talk about. I think as well, uh, Vince Cable is going to be talking about these zero-hours contracts. I'm not, I'm not too aware of how they work myself. And, uh, and the Somali criminal released for human rights reasons. Again. Again, ladies and gentlemen. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, other stories in the papers for today, apart from the, the bad weather that's lashed the country and the amount of people who've been left without any electricity, their boilers have blown up. It's all gone a bit pear-shaped, I'm afraid. Uh, <coughs> they've got uh, Kim Wilde. We only mentioned Kim Wilde the other day on the programme. Obviously, someone wanted to do a feature on Kim Wilde. So they've done a, a feature on Kim Wilde, surprisingly. I do like the picture of the the policeman looking through the royal families to try and identify everybody. I mean, I should imagine he knows, you know, Wills and Kate and Charles and the Queen, but there's loads of other members of the royal family. 
And they printed pictures of them, and you've got to try and work out who they are. And some of them are quite difficult. You know, you might have heard the name Lady Helen Windsor, but would you know what she looked like if she was presented to you as a photograph? Tories jeered at the poor, fighting over cheap food as cowardly uh, IDS, that's Ian Duncan Smith, sneaked out. Labour has highlighted the hunger crisis as the Mirror campaign forces a debate in the Commons. Esther McVeigh there. Ridiculous, I'm afraid. Heather Mills, uh, such an exhibitionist and an attention seeker. Go away, stay away, and stay away for a very, very long time. Uh, the pedo rock star, this is Ian Watkins. Uh, 35 years, they've said. I thought they said 37, but 35 years, it says in the in the papers. And I promised to tell you earlier on, the, the rabbit jumpers. Do you remember the jumpers that were sold in, in Zara? And I believe Marks and Spencer's had some as well. And uh, They're Angora. And the reason they're Angora is they come from rabbits. There are about 50 million rabbits in China who regularly have the fur stripped from their bodies as they scream in pain uh, just to make a jumper that you can wear. And so they did a campaign in the paper the other day saying, you know, which is what I said, if you don't want to buy something like that, don't buy it. Vote with your feet. Don't have to make, make a big song and dance about it. Anyway, people have made a big song and dance about it. And Zara have caved into pressure. The Utah, Originally, they, they weren't taking any notice of anybody. But frankly, a little bit of peer pressure in this country and lots of these places collapse. Uh, hundreds of shops were selling Angora, despite the release of the film showing tethered rabbits squealing in agony as the fur is ripped out by hand. 277,000 people signed a petition, and Zara have now suspended orders of clothing. And they've joined Primark, H&M and Topshop. Zara's parent company, which I told you yesterday, was called uh, Inditex says Inditex will not place any further orders with any supplier for products containing Angora wool until each relevant facility has been inspected. Because they do this, this live plucking. It's, uh, they, they do another thing as well in, in certain countries when they're making fur coats because people around the world still wear fur and it is stripped from the animals while they're still alive. They're literally, it's cut off them while, while they're still alive because apparently it's better quality fur. I don't quite get it myself. Uh, a £5 million fund has been launched. I know there are many demands on you for giving and to tug at your heartstrings. It's, it's a bit more difficult when you look at the, the war graves. And that's what they want to do. A lot of them are, are dilapidated. David Cameron will announce today £5 million fund will repair the graves of the war dead. They will repair, uh, conserve and protect the memorials uh, in the UK and overseas wherever British and Commonwealth servicemen are buried. Mr Cameron will say our memorials and cemeteries must be places of respect and education. And Francis Morton, director of the War Memorials Trust, said, I'm delighted. And so say all of us. You cannot give to a, to a, better, a better cause than that. Uh, stardom gave me depression, says Kim Wilde. She got quite frightened, Kim Wilde. I saw her once, because you know she's turned to gardening. And she's... Uh, her, her dad's Marty Wilde. For those people of a certain generation, you will know exactly who, who Marty Wilde is. Uh, I love it when you whisper on the microphone, Steve. And always makes me giggle as if you were telling us a secret. You have to say that, though. You have to do it very quietly. It's a trick I learned a long, long time ago. Uh, Steve, I can't believe the weather today. Clear skies, no wind. Yes, if only it were like that all over the country. Sadly not. Sadly not. I'm afraid it... Uh, it is quite bad, actually. It's quite bad. Uh, Bridget says, can you wish me a happy birthday? It's the first day of my three-week school holiday, so I don't have to drag myself into work. 
which is fantastic. My sister Shane in Milton Keynes wakes up at 4am to get her fix of the Steve Allen show. That's what we call dedication, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we call dedication. Uh, the only thing watching... Somebody else saying the only thing watching over Christmas is going to be the Bishop's Wife and Annika Rice's Bottom. So there you go. That's obviously what, what the great British public are interested in, uh, in talking about. More from the, uh, the newspapers. We'll remind you of our competition, if you're just one of those who is waking up at the moment this Thursday morning. Some parts of the country in total darkness. They've lost power. Their heating is off. They've got no electricity. And they're suffering. At the moment, we seem to be OK. I'll give you the rundown on the weather to the other side of the news at six, which is next on LBC 97.3. Nick and the team with you. Seven this morning, Nick Clegg taking his seat for the last call Clegg of the year. Told you it races away. Uh, plus the business secretary, Vince Cable, telling Nick why they won't be banning zero hours contracts. And should criminals be allowed a right to family life? Looking at the papers this morning, Lord Ian Blair, former Met Police Commissioner, will be in the studio wandering through. I'd be interested to hear what he thought about Ronnie Biggs as I'm sure you will, because he's in a lot of the papers today. He was a, he was a crook, he was a nasty little piece of work, and, and he's dead. Even though we were told that when he came out of prison some years ago, he was let out on compassionate grounds, he would be dead within hours. And it turned out that uh, he went for some years, costing you and I dearly, I'm afraid. Mike says, I bought my girlfriend a cheap DVD player, and somebody gave her a DVD Region 1, which can only be played in the States. She managed to get a code, tapped it into the machine, and now she can watch every region. I can't even do that on my very expensive one. Yes, the, the, apparently, I, I discovered this a short while ago, and you've... you've um, it was... You, years ago, you could buy a DVD player, and for an extra 20 quid, they would put a chip in it, which meant that you could watch all the reasons. Because all the regions... I've never quite understood why you have a, a, a DVD player that only plays DVDs from this country. What's the point of that? I mean, what, what difference does it make? You're buying the DVD, whether it's Region 1, Region 2, or whatever it happens to be. Surely you just want to play it. So whether I order from the States, where, of course, DVDs are so much cheaper and there's a much bigger selection, and then play it. So I can order from the States. I do get stuff sent over from the States. And I do... I mean, if I went over there, I could fill suitcases with DVDs of old Christmas films. (coughs) You could probably pick up for a couple of dollars. Over here, you pay a small fortune for certain things. So I never understood why we had different regions. But I did remember buying what they call a chipped DVD player. And it played all the regions. Now I've got one which specifically plays all the American stuff and one which plays the British stuff as well. So I'm able to order from the States and go back to watching my films, which people very kindly send me, which is lovely. So I, I like that a lot. I'm very, very happy. Competition for today, I shall remind you, because it finishes at seven. It's, uh, it's my guarantee Santa Steve delivery for Christmas. Guarantee delivery for Christmas. And today, and strangely enough, somebody just wrote to me saying, I only bought one of these the other day. What a coincidence. It's a Roku. A Roku. It's a little box. A little tiny box. And it connects to your television and broadband. And you can stream films, TV programmes, music, game. No recurring fee. No recurring fee. All sorted out for you. A Roku. Check it out on Google. One lucky listener could be watching all your favourite Christmas programmes on this new digital media player just by answering this question correctly. I think it's difficult. Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean is a territory of which country? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then send it to 84850 to reach me by 7 o'clock this morning. It's got to get here by 7 o'clock this morning. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, 
You won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So, good luck, because it's a nice little thing to have for Christmas. Uh, ben in Wells and someone said, when's the bishop's wife on? I can't remember, actually. Somebody told me a short while ago. Uh, Joan says, thank you for telling people about Angora. Well, I just, uh, we, we uh, sort of explored this the other day on the programme because there are lots of things being sold in, in shops now. And if an animal suffers at the end of the day, then I think we've got a duty to tell people that, you know, in order for you to wear this garment, an animal has suffered. And when they rip, so they tether the rabbit's paws at the front and at the back, and then they just rip the fur off its body. I mean, it's just horrendous. It's horrendous, and I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, you just, you just kind of say, right, enough is enough. I remember walking down a street once, when, when fur was very anti in this country, and people were very anti-fur, and people had things thrown over. I remember uh, at the back of Miss Saigon, there were some actors going into the stage door, and a woman walked past, and I think she possibly was Russian, or she could have been uh, Austrian, because <coughs> they do sell a lot of fur over in Russia, because it's so cold. And so people do wear fur coats. And as this man walked past this woman who was wearing this fur coat, he went, Ugh! Dead animal! And uh, she looked horrified. But people used to have things thrown over them. And in fact, there are certain places who say, listen, we know that you've got a fur coat, or if you have got a fur coat, we can change it into something else. What? I have no idea. Most people used to have a fur stole. You know, that, was, that was something that people aspired to, a fur stole, or a muff. You don't see people with muffs the other day. They were doing it on the television saying, you don't see people with muffs anymore to keep your hands warm. You just really don't. Yet it seems quite a useful thing to have, doesn't it? Not really if it's, uh, it's made out of a uh, dead animal. Uh, John says, deep-fried cricket. If they get burnt, is this where the term the ashes comes from? I don't know. Uh, Dawn, who's going uh, on to the special clinic on the sixth floor of Charing Cross Hospital over Christmas for chemo. Uh, the staff have been fantastic, so uh, Dawn and her friends attending the special clinic. That's from Daryl in, in Greenford. I'm quite looking forward to plastic money, by the way. Plastic notes seems quite like a, a good idea, because I've got some really... I mean, even some of the notes, when I take them out of my wallet, um, I sort of think to myself, is this thing a fake, or is it just sort of clinging on to the last vestige of paper? Uh, we give China £27 million a year in aid each year. Yes, I never understand why we do that. Why don't we just give it to the War Graves Commission? <coughs> Makes perfect sense to me as well. Yes, why, why we give China £27 million is beyond me. I have no idea why we do that. On the subject of, of rabbits, Jonathan says, can people sign the petition on net? Well, nearly 300,000 people have, have done it so far. It's had the desired effect. The, stops of the, uh, the shops concerned, H&M and Primark and places like that, they've, uh, they've taken it off. If people find it in there then you can make a fuss. But they've said that they will not source any more. They will not uh, buy any more, which is good news. I think that, that's kind of victory, isn't it? Victory for the rabbits. Unfortunately, I fear for their lives of the 50 million of them sitting in cages in China. Not exactly going, oh, there you go, little bunnies, off you go into the wild again. Not going to happen. Uh, the Bishop's Wife is on Monday morning, BBC Two at 9.20. Set your recorders. Incidentally, the singing waiter at Jennifer Ellison's Come Dine With Me last night, who was draping himself over Mrs Moneypenny, was last seen on that Channel 4 programme on West End Musicals during uh, doing a week's audition as the white singer in the Michael Jackson tribute show. Came across as a bit of an attention-seeking chorus boy, moaning on the phone to his boyfriend all the time about the company. Not a good idea to be doing that on camera, I would have thought. Yes, I didn't know who he was. I just found him intensely irritating. But The Bishop's Wife, fabulous. It's such a good film. 
And when you watch it, as Paul will tell you in Manchesterford, it's got the Mitchell Boys Choir. And you can go and check them out online. It's, it's, it's a good little film. I, d- I won't spoil it too much. I'll just tell you that an angel comes down uh, from heaven to sort out a few problems. Actually, when you think about it, there's quite a number of angels. Perhaps that's why you can't buy fairies for the top of Christmas trees. Because all the Christmas stories involve an angel who comes down. Most of the Christmas films that I can think of, if they've got anything to do with that, <coughs> it's always an angel. Never a fairy that turns up, is it, really? Uh, you say about uh, London not being affected by loss of power. Oh, yes, I know all about this, Dan, because we also had a p- had power loss here last night. It went out again, I'm afraid. And it said at one of your other radio stations for a second night after the studio went dead on Monday night. I believe Tuesday they broadcast from your building over the way. Yes, I mean, we had it uh, this morning. The power went off, I think, upstairs for a few hours. I don't know what it, what it is, whether it's we're sort of exceeding the, the plug sockets. I, we don't know. But it went off the other day and had to bring all these lights in. I thought, it, I thought it looked fantastic. Yes, I think somebody's plugged in some straighteners that they bought at the market. It's blown the system. I love it when it's like that, when it's lamps on the desk. I used to work in the LBC studios years ago with an angle poise lamp and have all the main lights off. It was far more intimate and far more... I know you don't really think about a radio station being intimate, but I promise you, for, for, for working purposes, it was, uh, it was absolutely lovely. Uh, money off your turkey. I still think those... Oh, there's a cute little kid. Who's he? This is Arthur Jones. Arthur is... Oh, bless him. He's two years old and he's got his own flock of sheep, which he herds on a mini quad bike. He's, he's got a little flat... Ca- he's two years old, for goodness sake. He's got his own herd of sheep. He really is a shepherd boy. His, uh, it's, uh, his, uh, his uh, grandmother's Nicky's farm at a place called Sixpenny Handley in Dorset. It's done wonders. She said, we were told he wouldn't be walking until he was four because of his condition. Uh, because he suffers from cerebral palsy. And bless his little heart, he can get around on his little... Quab- it's so sweet. It really is. He, he absolutely adores the sheep. I gave him his own crook, but now he uses the quad bike to round them up. He looks after 80 sheep at two years old with cerebral palsy. Doesn't it melt your heart this time of year? I love stories like that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I do worry about the nativity plays in certain... Have they done them? They must be doing them. When do the schools break up? I'd be so glad we don't have to get on the train in the morning and suffer with ghastly school children. Still effing and blinding, the ones in the morning on our train. And these are from a posh school. But there's one of them who's always copying all the other kids' homework. They sit there copying their homework down on the train. I think I might report him. It's uh, quarter past... Morning, everybody. 6.20. I said Christmas was just around the corner. It's, it's creeping up a wee bit fast. Tomorrow being Friday, we will have a couple of clips on the programme of our In Conversation for this week. This will be the final In Conversation before we get round to Christmas. So very much looking forward to bringing you those two clips. I can't remember... I know one of them is Darcy Bustle. And I think the other one is... Is it Tony Robinson? I think it's Tony Robinson. Sir... T- oh, Sir... Sorry, Sir Tony Robinson. I should know that, actually, because one of the clips I had to do... I had to do a trail the other day, and he was explaining to me, because I thought... I don't like to ask him about being a Sir, because it's... He, he thinks it's quite funny as well, but he was telling us about the project, and he, he forgot to do the... He, he was doing it all wrong, apparently. <laughs> but he's been knighted, which I think is such a nice thing. And he wouldn't answer, answer the question, though. I said, do you have Sir Tony Robinson on your checkbook? He said, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> so I'm assuming, if, if somebody says that to me, I go, you got it on your checkbook. Sir Tony Robinson. You would, wouldn't you? You would. You'd do that. And, yeah, I mean, you'd, it would just be, you really want to enjoy that situation. But it goes through in such a blur, he said. I d- he didn't get the Queen. I think he got William. But that's OK. Listen, it's in Buckingham Palace. It's for goodness sake. It doesn't... Yeah. 
<laughs> I quite like the idea of sort of having some sort of award. On second thoughts, maybe not, actually. I've managed to avoid them over the years. Uh, how much do you need per year to survive? What do you think the average family need on to survive now? Just to break even. 27 grand a year, that's what they reckon. That's, that's the break-even point. Uh, they say that you're paying more for basics now. Uh, nearly 2,500, just over 2,500 pounds worth of basic things, which is food, mortgage or rent, utilities, insurance, loans and motoring. Biggest cost is food. Sets us back about five grand a year, an increase of about £500, or 13%. Mortgages and rents, because it does seem, doesn't it, to me, that everything goes up except your, your, your money. And so people cut back on different things. But at Christmas time, it's a bit difficult to cut back. It's OK if you're a single person. It's OK if you're a single person, but it's, it's not easy if, you're, if you've got a family and you've got children and maybe one of you's lost their, their job or something like that. It's, it's, somebody wrote to me the other day, I was talking about buying Christmas presents, saying, I shall be helping the poor and needy at Christmas. I thought, oh, nothing worse is the, the poor and needy. I mean, you know, get it for one day of the year, and that's it. Whereas, in fact, really, the, the problem is ongoing for a lot of people. Ongoing for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> Mark, who's the bailiff, he says, I can't wait till after Christmas when I can take all the presents away. Because he has to go around there repossessing things. So don't ever buy a car or anything like that. But he has found a new one. He just goes and enforces court orders now. You know, I'm coming around. I've got a court order taking all your, all your cars off your forecourt. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, he is. Uh, just wanted to wish you a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year from Winnipeg. Says Marilyn, from all your listeners here, I'll be thinking of you on Christmas Day as we have the best Brussels sprouts. No, 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 you don't. No, no, we ha- I don't know where ours come from, but I'm, I'm eating the little Brussels sprouts at the moment. and They are particularly good. Not sure about Heston Blumenthal's latest invention. <laughs> uh, I think Heston Blumenthal is nothing short of brilliant. Nothing short of brilliant. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, Prudent says, I'm 86 years old. 86 years old. So there you go. Well... There's a joke there somewhere, I should imagine, isn't there, Prudence? I've never heard of anyone called Prudence before. I should be watching Doctor Who for sure on Christmas Day, says little Julie. Will you really? You see, I can't bear Doctor Who. I must be the only person in the world who just, who just doesn't get it. I watched it years ago, but I can't understand the kerfuffle around the programme now. It's just another dreary programme, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk. 27,000 a year. Not surprised we're feeling terribly depressed. And here's Aldie. You see, Aldie are doing good deals. They're doing a free... You see, I think this seems terribly expensive to me. They've got a list of all their things that they do here. They've got a turkey, a British free-range, pure-breed, roly-poly turkey. Or, as I prefer to call it, dead. And this is £37.99. This is in Aldi. I thought, you know, I'd expect to see something like £6.99. They've got fresh whole goose, £35.99. Half spiral sliced ham at £7.40. And you go through it, and I'm thinking, then they've got uh, fresh whole British turkeys. An extra large is twenty six ninety nine. It better be particularly special, this roly-poly one. They've got Brussels sprouts for £3.49, though, which I think is quite expensive. And all the other things. But can you believe an Aldi, where you're thinking it's supposed to be a very cheap shop, £38 for a turkey? What if it comes with... Oh, and all the trimmings. Oh, sorry, you have to pay extra for the trimmings. £2.19 if you want all the, all the usual gubbins that goes with it. Seems a lot of money to me, £38, but there you go. Uh, plastic money by 2016. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I think it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And uh, in a hunt for, for Jaden, the police got a, a tip-off, as you know, 
and they were searching for this teenager, Jaden Parkinson, who had been missing for a little while, and they got uh, evidence of recent and unauthorised disturbance at a plot in a, a cemetery, All Saints Church, in Didcot, in Oxon. I know it very well indeed. She disappeared on December the 3rd, and they found a body, and I think they have confirmed that uh, it is her. Uh, health and safety now. Just, just when you thought things couldn't get any worse. What have they now started banning? Log fires in pubs. Yes, log fires. But just when, and I used to work in a pub a long time ago, and they used to have a log fire in there. And now it looks highly likely that we're not going to be having log fires in pubs because they're saying it's dangerous. It could crackle. and uh, It's just getting ridiculous and ridiculous. Uh I agree with you about Doctor Who, Steve. It is a very boring programme, says Joe in Acton. Yeah, I don't know um, why people ever got excited about it. I couldn't care less who the new Doctor Who is. Makes no difference at all to me, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, I wish a petition could stop the terrible abuse of caged bears in China. Yes, they, uh, they keep them for their bile, don't they? They keep them for their bile, which they, they uh, extract on a, on a daily basis. It's, I mean, I, I don't understand it either. There are some things which are so horrendous. It's like when you see people going out there rescuing donkeys and they say, look at these poor donkeys. They have to carry people up and down this hillside and all they really want is just to, I suppose, enjoy themselves donkeys. I mean, they are, they are the laziest bees, uh, beasts of burden, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at So, in fact, no matter how many petitions you have throughout this time of year... It's not going to change anything, but we seem to have worked it out quite well for um, for stopping the Angora sweaters being sold, which is good. Uh, Warren is uh, delivering beds again in Cornwall and Devon. Must be a huge, huge market for, for beds. And, uh, and Ree in Primrose Hill says, I was like a drowned rat last night. Yeah, I let off a firework last night and I was going to do one this morning. And then I suddenly thought there must be some law against letting out. I've got these huge rockets and I didn't do them on, on bonfire night. So I'm going to have to try and find some other way of doing it. I let one off last night. It was so, so noisy. I thought people were going to come outside and tell me off. And I was going to do one this morning at two o'clock. And then I thought, I'll probably have the police round. <laughs> Last thing you need, isn't it? Anyway, that's just about it for this morning. Thank you so much for your company. And uh, good luck with the competition. You've got 30 minutes to get your entries in at the competition. And, uh, and also to help a London child. Let's hope lots of you text to donate. It's only £5. You'll be hearing that mentioned throughout the day on LBC 97.3. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. have a free podcast for you up in around 30 minutes' time and then the remainder of the programme as well. Thank you so much for all the Christmas cards. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Have a safe day and uh, I'd wrap up. It's going to be wet again, I'm afraid. Next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.